This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, everybody. Come on in. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive, where we, we are getting ready for a very busy day on the Pelican side. That is for sure, and I'll share all those details with you here in just a moment. And I don't want to take too much time here in our opening segment either because we have two great conversations for you today. Uh, we're going to talk basketball and Atlanta Falcons as it pertains to uh, tonight's matchup as well with the Hawks. Uh, with Mike Conti from the Atlanta Hawks and Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. Those Hawks are hot. They're 19-16 and 16 overall. They're looking for a little payback on the Pelicans who uh, blasted them pretty good back in November. And uh, Atlanta uh, pretty much uh, knocked down Orlando pretty, uh, pretty heavy-handedly last night in Orlando. So they are rolling into town with some momentum. The Pelicans have won four of their last five. And so we'll talk about that matchup tonight with Mike Conti from the Atlanta Hawks radio network. And then we are very close now to the start of the NFL postseason. Four games on tap this weekend, two Saturday, two Sunday. Of course, uh, coverage across the television networks that bring you NFL football, but also national radio coverage. So you've got that too, and that's all courtesy of Westwood One. Today we're pleased to bring in for the first time Kevin Kugler, whom you normally hear on Sunday night football on Westwood One. He has Lions Seahawks this weekend, and because he's been covering and calling the marquee game all season long, he'll have great perspective for us on each of the four matchups here this weekend. So two great conversations, and then we'll wrap up by talking about tonight's Pelicans programming, starting with the Alvin Gentry show, uh, in which I do know that Daniel Salerson will be reflecting back upon the month of December, which was an award-winning month for Buddy Heald. That'll be good stuff. And we have a new player to talk about as well with Coach and an upcoming road trip too. And then tip off against the Hawks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. You get the idea. Super, super busy today. No appointment radio begins in just a moment. And our conversations with Mike Conti and Kevin Cooper. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out ticket package presented by Coors Light. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four Coors Light beers, plus two collectible pint glasses, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Monday, January 5th against the Atlanta Hawks. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans and Hawks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. It should be a good one. It's a brief stop at home for the Pelicans before they head out east and play five more against the Eastern Conference. 
I'll be returning home again. And we're here in the middle of this 11-game stretch against the Eastern Conference. They run into a pretty hot Atlanta team. who's won four straight, including last night's um, convincing win over the Orlando Magic. Mike Conti's kind enough to join us from Atlanta. Many of you in New Orleans, of course, know Mike. He now serves as the studio host for the Hawks and the Atlanta Falcons. Greetings, my friend. Sean, good talking to you again. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. And uh, and you are very familiar with New Orleans. And New Orleans, the same for you. So this was an easy layup to get you, I I think, to say yes to this interview. Am I am I wrong in that? <laughs> no, you're not wrong at all. I, I miss New Orleans a great deal. So I have very fond memories of my, my relatively short time there. And I, I keep a really close eye on the Pelicans. I'm glad to see they're playing well right now. And uh as hot as the Hawks have been, I think you could argue New Orleans has been equally hot. Well, y- yes, yes. Coming off a loss now against Cleveland, uh, and the Moda Yunus signing is an interesting thing going into tonight. I would imagine he'll play a little bit. Uh, the Hawks are coming in on a back-to-back, and it seems like, Mike, I guess I lost track. The, the Hawks seem to all of a sudden just, just fall on their face there for a short time, but, but since they put it back together again, why? Well, you know, Sean, I think part of the problem has been injuries. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, Kent Bazemore was dealing with a knee problem. He missed some time. Paul Millsap missed some time. Paul Millsap was never really healthy even through training camp. Uh, and he's the Hawks' best player. So, I mean, just as you know, New Orleans had to take time to get Drew Holiday back up to 100%, Paul Millsap really hasn't been quite right health-wise until recently. Dwight Howard missed some time with uh, a back problem. Kyle Korver was rested in a couple games. Uh, so outside of Dennis Schroeder, I mean, the, the key group here, the, the, the starting five has had a really tough time just getting together and playing as a unit healthy. And I think finally over the last week or two, they've been healthy. They've played together as a unit. And as such, the defensive numbers are getting a lot better. They were really, really poor around Thanksgiving defensively. They've gotten better. Uh, and they're making their threes, which is a big part of the Mike Budenholzer system. It's all predicated on ball movement and kickouts and open three-pointers. Last two games, they've been over 50% from three. Uh, that's a very, very promising sign for the Hawks because when guys like Corver and Bazemore and Hardaway are cold from the three-point line, they really have trouble offensively, and that has not been the case of late, fortunately. Tell me about the caliber of competition they've been up against. It, you know, when you're injured like that, it seems like you can never catch a break. Did the Hawks play a really tough schedule during that, that time that they were disorganized or shorthanded? Well, you know, it, it came during a West Coast trip. Actually, it really started with you guys, uh, the Pelicans, back in mid-November. The, the game AD chased that loose ball into the stands, and he actually got hurt. But that, that's when the injury bug started to, to creep on them, and then they went on a very long West Coast trip. That included Golden State. They took a miserable loss to the Lakers. They got blown out by Utah. Then they come back to the East Coast. They play one home game, then go up to Toronto, lose by 40. And and that was kind of the miserable stretch between Thanksgiving leading up to almost Christmas where they were dealing with the big injury problems. But the funny thing is, you know, even in that stretch, they still won at Toronto in another game. They won at Oklahoma City. They won at San, uh, against San Antonio at home, not at 100% health. Uh, they beat Cleveland on the road, not at 100% health. They beat Houston at home. So, you know, even with the injuries, it, it's been an erratic season. You know, they, they've been very good against that Cleveland, Toronto, San Antonio group, and yet they've been swept by the Timberwolves. They've been swept by the Lakers, and if they lose tonight, they will have been swept by the Pelicans. So it, it's a very inconsistent team. 
But the injuries came at a very, very bad time. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but the recent play has been fun to watch. When you're seeing the Hawks play and and the way they're playing recently here, Mike, is it a matter of that it, they look good from the jump or are they, are they like the, like last night, uh, after Orlando pulls within four, they just they just whip them to the post and and finish the game. What what is the characteristic it's, of I this? Think it's, yeah, it's been more of the latter. Uh, I don't think the Hawks have played a full forty eight minute game, maybe all year. Uh, they, they have not had total control of the game all year. I think last night against Orlando may have been as close as they came to having full control of the game in the second half. You know, they played. I think this is their 38th game tonight, and they've only had 17 double-digit leads all season. I think is a reflection of just, you know, they aren't pulling away from teams the way that they used to. Uh, it was encouraging to see them control that game last night on the road because Orlando, the last time the Hawks played them, scored 131 points and made 17 three-pointers. Last night, pulled them to 92 and nine three-pointers, which is an indication of better defense. But even in this win streak, you know, they were wobbly against the Knicks. They were very wobbly against Detroit, almost blew a very big late lead. And, you know, San Antonio, it's the Spurs, but you're still down by 10 in that game. You have to come back and win it in overtime. So I'm encouraged that last night happened because it's a sign that they can control a game for 48 minutes. But uh, unfortunately for the Hawks, it's just been a real grind for them this year. They haven't had too many of those games. Mike, what's been the Dwight Howard effect? You know, Dwight's done everything the Hawks have asked of him. And if you look at his points per game, his rebounds per game, uh, that's up from last year. He's averaging a double-double, 17 and 13 and a half. Um, he's had a couple 20-20 games. Um, his defensive rating is not very good. And uh, the Dwight detractors are very quick to point that out. But the Hawks are a different team defensively now with Dwight. When Al Horford was the center, you had a, a, a post player who could get out to the perimeter and play defense. The Hawks really don't have that now, but that's not Dwight's game. That's not Dwight's fault. That's an organizational decision. But Dwight's been a really pleasant guy to be around. Uh, his teammates love him. He's always the first guy to say hello to us in the broadcast crew, first guy on the bus, first guy at shoot around. Uh, they really, really like Dwight. And I think there's some very positive signs that if he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, uh, the Hawks are going to be very comfortable in the investment that they have made in him, but he's got to stay healthy. Mike Conti with us here. Mike, uh, when you guys take the air tonight on the Atlanta Hawks radio network, how will you frame up this matchup with New Orleans or this moment in time for the Hawks? Well, the Hawks certainly need to play much better defense than they did back in November against the Pelicans. That was the night where Tim Frazier had a double-double, 14 assists, really carved him up. Uh, that was a game where A.D. didn't really play a whole lot. I think he only played 19 or 20 minutes, and, and the Pelicans were still way over 100 points. So the Hawks just trying to still find that consistency on defense. They, they were very good last night in Orlando. They weren't so good against San Antonio, gave up 112 points, but still won that game. But I, I think more than anything, uh, and this is no slight on the Pelicans whatsoever, but here's another sub-500 team. And the Hawks have had trouble in these kinds of games this year. They played down to the level of their opponent a little bit. And even though New Orleans is playing better, I think a lot of people up here in Atlanta are looking at this as a winnable game. And if you lose, well, now you will have had season sweeps by the Timberwolves, Lakers, and Pelicans. That's something that I think a lot of Hawks fans are going to accept. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Mike Conti with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike also works on the Atlanta Falcons radio network. And uh, I'm sure be some cringing when I bring up the uh, Falcons here 
Mike, that they are the division champs. They are the number two seed, and they hung 80-plus on the Saints this season and roll into the playoffs here after last weekend's win. Uh, give, me the, give me the pulse here on the Falcons as to what makes you uh, believe that they uh, can really make some noise here in the second season, the postseason, if you will. Sean, I think they're really good. I really do. Um, and I, I tend to really look at, at things through a, a realistic lens when it comes to the Falcons or any team. But you have a quarterback playing at an MVP level in Matt Ryan who for the first time in a long time has had a clean pocket out of which to work because of the acquisition of Alex Mack, who's an all-pro caliber center. Uh, you've got arguably the best receiver in the game in Julio Jones and a one-two punch of running back in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. It's almost as though uh, an opposing defensive coordinator has to pick his poison when deciding which element of the Falcons' offense do you try to stop. Is it the pass game or the run game? And, and whatever you don't key in on is what's going to end up hurting you. The, the problem for the Falcons this year has been their defense. And I think the numbers are a little skewed because they've been up big in some games and then they've relaxed a little bit on defense. And that's led to some pretty gaudy point totals against them and yards against them, uh, similar to the game against New Orleans on New Year's Day. But over the last four or five weeks, the Falcons defense has played a lot better. And just like the Hawks, they've gotten healthy now. And they have some rookies who are maturing like Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell and O'Neal. And Vic Beasley is playing at a level that I don't think any of us expected him to play at, to lead the league in sacks this year at 15 and a half. So I know a lot of fans here in Atlanta are, are kind of hoping that Seattle would win on Saturday. That's the team that I, I think we all here in Atlanta have circled as maybe the Falcons have the best chance to beat and then move on to the NFC Championship game. I know the team that no one up here wants to see is the Green Bay Packers because of the way Aaron Rodgers is playing. But uh, th this has been a, a very pleasant surprise. I don't think any of us expected 11-5, and five and uh, hopefully the Falcons will carry the flag for the NFC South now. Although I know those of you in New Orleans probably don't want to hear that. No, they don't. They're just being honest. Uh, <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to like my next question either. I know you're a little, probably a little biased here, but is Matt Ryan the MVP? I, I think he has to be, Sean. And I'm, I'm saying this totally unbiased. I mean, if you look at the fact that he – led the league in yards per attempt, led the league in um, uh, quarterback rating, was second in the league in touchdowns, second in the league in total yards. So he's top two in all those uh, four categories. Rodgers and Brady are top two in one of those four categories each. Uh, and then if you look at it head-to-head, -head, you know, Ryan and Rodgers played against each other on uh, October the 30th, and and Ryan had a better statistical game. If, if you look at the way that Ryan played against the common opponents with the Patriots and the Packers, again, statistically, Ryan was better. Um, I know there's a lot of momentum for Rodgers, and he's certainly done very well. And, and Brady, obviously, he's going to get a lot of support. I just don't know how you could give MVP to someone who missed four games because he was suspended. So, yeah, I, I'm trying to be unbiased. I really think Matt Ryan is the guy, but I, I would totally accept that the guy like Ezekiel Elliott or – or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady wanted to because they've had great seasons as well. I appreciate your honesty and being unbiased. I'll be honest, too. I hope I have a better night than Steve Holman, the Hawks play-by-play -play man tonight. Is that fair in the spirit of honesty? Well, you know, Sean, <laughs> I like you both equally, so uh, let's just hope for a tie and, you know, the lights go out. We can just all go away happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Mike, as always, <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Great work. Keep it up, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 
Sean. Great talking to you. Always a pleasure. Mike Conti with us from the Hawks Radio Network and the Falcons Radio Network. Big game tonight between these two teams. Could go a long way as to how each fares in January. Take a break and be right back. The Harlem Globetrotters will dribble into New Orleans with their action-packed world tour for two games at the Smoothie King Center on Saturday, March 4th. Witness amazing Globetrotter moments that become unforgettable Globetrotter memories. Feel the dunks. See the ball handling. Experience the antics that will have kids of all ages laughing the entire time. Don't miss the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, March 4th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Hey, New Orleans, the world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun starting Friday night. Come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We've got four NFL games coming up this weekend, and all of them can be found on the radio. Good thanks to uh, Westwood One for national radio coverage of not just the two games on Saturday, but the same goes for Sunday. And kind enough to join us, one of the very best in the business, and really the Westwood One voice of Sunday Night Football on Westwood One, Kevin Kugler will have the call of Seahawks and Lions, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend. Kevin, thanks again for joining us, and uh, happy postseason to you. Yeah, you know, it's the, it's the time of year we all wait for. All year long, we go through some games that aren't great, some games that are great, just to get to the chance to call games that have a little extra importance, like all of these this weekend. So I'm excited about it getting started. I, I, I totally agree with you. And before I kind of get individually to your game, I was really, really excited a couple weeks back about what the postseason could bring in the NFL, and then Tannehill goes down, and Oakland's got a quarterback situation, and Houston's quarterback situation is is what it is. And and all of a sudden, Kevin, I'm sitting here going, well, is the postseason tournament going to be as good as I thought it was? Hmm, I don't know. It's, it's, like the, it's like the football gods have fated Tom Brady to have a nice little pass to get himself to a Super Bowl because all of those quarterbacks you mentioned – are in the AFC. So the road to the AFC championship will have three of the six teams playing with a backup quarterback. And, of course, Tom Brady is playing at an extremely high level anyway. I don't know that he needed any additional help from other quarterbacks going down across the league, but uh, he certainly got it. The AFC race is, in my opinion, it's about a two, maybe two-and-a-half team race. I'm not sure if I would include Pittsburgh in that conversation, but I think i throw them in there just because they've been Roethlisberger. But Kansas City's defense and New England's superstar quarterback, Tom Brady, plus their Hall of Fame head coach and uh, Bill Belichick, they, they have to be the favorites right now. Yeah, I agree. And with that being said, though, if I offered you the Patriots or the field, who would you take based on what you just said? Boy, you know, I, I still think I'd take the Patriots. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I think they've got enough motivation, plus they have Tom Brady, plus they have Bill Belichick. If we're talking – now, are you talking the field in the AFC or are yes. you talking the field overall? In the NFL, because my answer might be a little different there based on how quickly Dallas is able to reestablish the run game once they get into the playoffs. I love that team. They're young, 
but their defense has gotten better, and that's really why Dallas is in the position they are. Of course, not to mention Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's funny that you should bring up Dallas because that's where I wanted to head to next. Uh, the, the fact that they've been such a rhythm team and have such youth at key spots, does the eye in any way hurt them, or really am I overplaying this a little bit? Well, you know, it, it's funny because I've, I've wondered the same thing. You never know how young teams, especially with youth in key positions, respond to time off and and this is something that these guys never had I, I tend to believe that it benefits guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott a chance to kind of catch your breath a chance to take stock you played more football this year than you ever have you're playing at such a high level right now I really think that it has to benefit them but it it, it does kind of stick in the back of your mind just a little bit okay they're at such a good level they're in such a good groove do they exhale too much in this bye week and then have trouble reestablishing? I don't think that's the case, but I do think back to how Ezekiel Elliott started the season, and it wasn't the same fervor that he had mid to late season. So you hope that it doesn't become a restart to those proportions if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan because there's no chance to, okay, we had a bad game, we'll do it again next week. Get a bad game, you're done. Yeah, I agree with you. Kevin Kugler's with us here on the Black and Blue Report. He'll have game two of the Westwood One doubleheader on Saturday. Kevin, I got to admit, I think you got the best game of the weekend with Detroit at Seattle. Who knows what will happen on that particular pitch? Well, and, and you know what's interesting about this game is that there are so many people who look at the way the Lions ended the season. And, and obviously, this was not the finish that Jim Caldwell and the Lions were looking for. They had the chance to win the division in their grasp every single week of the last three weeks. They lose to the Giants. They lose badly to Dallas on Monday night after Christmas. And then last weekend on Sunday night, they closed the season with the loss to the Packers. I am not the doom and gloom guy when it comes to the Lions in this matchup against Seattle because I'm not so sure this is the Seattle team that everybody is used to seeing when they get to the postseason. You know, Earl Thomas being out is a huge loss for this team in the secondary. And what is this Detroit team going to do? They're going to challenge them in the secondary. Matthew Stafford is having a terrific year. He's done a very good job taking care of the football, which is something – that he had not done at times during the course of his career. He's been a little shakier of late, but still, I trust him in this situation. And he's got Golden Tate and Anquan Bolden both playing at a high level. Marvin Jones Jr. is one of the better wide receivers that most people across the league haven't heard of. I, I give them a puncher's chance. I know it's a hard battle going up to Seattle to win a game in the Pacific Northwest. And I know Detroit is reeling a little bit. But in this case, I kind of think the reset for Detroit helps them a lot because they can put aside the last three weeks of the season and say, look, it doesn't matter now. We're in the playoffs. We're going to go out here. We're going to try to get it done. Neither of these teams has been consistent enough in a run game to call that anything other than a push for each side. So it comes down to who's going to throw the ball better. And in, in that instance, I think you have to give Detroit a puncher's chance just because Matthew Stafford has played great football this year. Indeed. Kevin, is there anything better than watching a game at Green Bay in January? Uh, it is, it is, look, it's cool in September when you go up there, yeah. but in January, and, and here's my hope for that game. I want a little snow in the air, some, not, not again, nothing against my crew from Westwood one that'll be up there, including my Sunday night partner, James Lofton, but he's played in it. He knows what that's all about. So you go up there, you get a little snow in the air. It's cold. You've got two iconic franchises playing in a playoff game. That's cool. For so many reasons, and it'll likely be cold for so many reasons, too. So it, it, there's just a lot going on in that game that makes it one of the more attractive watches of the weekend because of the setting. Lambeau Field in January is the way 
football was intended to be played. And I, I'm excited for James and for Kevin Harlan, my colleagues who will be doing the game on Westwood One, that they get a chance to see it. Both of those guys obviously have long histories with the franchise. Kevin's dad, a, a big wig in the Packer franchise for so many years, and James Lawson, of course, a longtime player with the Packers. So it'll be fun for them to see something they've seen before, Lambeau Field in a playoff setting. Are the Packers the sexiest pick out of all the ones we've just talked about? They are because of the way they finished the season. You know, they're, the, they're sort of the uh, bizarro Lions team. The Lions limp to the finish. The Packers soar to the finish, winning six straight, going from four and six to ten and six, and winning the division again. And, you know, you've got the resurgent run game, thanks to Ty Montgomery being able to shift over successfully from wide receiver in the middle of the year to play running back. And, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's playing at an MVP level right now. You have Jordy Nelson, who's having the best year of his career, coming back off the injury. He's, uh, to me, a lock for comeback player of the year. I mean, you just have so much going on right now. The, the cautionary tale you have, though, with that Packer team is they are susceptible to plays through the air, and that's something that the Giants are going to be able to do, assuming the weather conditions aren't so horrible that you just can't flat-out throw the football. As we know, Eli can throw a pick or two <laughs> during the course of any game action, but this is a Giants team that I think is a sneaky good squad. They got caught in a division that had the, the Cowboys at the top of their game, and they beat the Cowboys both times they played them this year. I've seen the Giants a few times, and I would not rule out New York getting a win in Lambeau despite the fact that the Packers are everybody's hot pick right now to make a run in the postseason because of the way they finished the season. Intriguing. Uh, as if you haven't offered up enough great stuff already, I have two questions left for you, Kevin. Uh, number one, who's the MVP of this season? Boy, it, you know, I know people are giving Aaron Rodgers a lot of love late in the season, and, and I don't disagree with that. He's right now at an MVP level. I, 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 can you give it to a rookie? Because I am. I, I give it to Ezekiel Elliott. This Cowboys team was waiting for somebody to come along and provide them what Ezekiel Elliott did. They built the offensive line. Yes, Dak Prescott should also be mentioned in this conversation as an MVP because this franchise has never had much success when Tony Romo's gotten hurt in replacing him, and Dak Prescott was fantastic this year for a fourth-round pick, for a first-round pick. I don't care where you picked him. He was great this year. But I give it to Ezekiel Elliott. The guy was a workhorse. He caught the ball out of the backfield. He was great after contact. He was somebody you could rely on for 25 to 30 carries a game. And in an era in which the bell cow running back doesn't really exist anymore, Ezekiel Elliott is that old-fashioned bell cow running back, and I got a soft spot in my heart for those guys. So I'd lean Ezekiel Elliott as my MVP. All right. I can't argue with you on that. Kevin Kugler, you had a great seat and, of course, on the call for Sunday Night Football on Westwood One. Was there a game that you enjoyed more than any other this past season? <laughs> oh, boy, you're going to test my, uh, you're gonna test my recollection <laughs> skills for these games over the course of the last year. You know, we, we had some games that were – Okay, uh, the, the first game of the season was a memorable one only because it was Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots going against an Arizona team that everybody, you talk about sexy picks to make a run in the postseason. In September, that was the pick to make the run in the postseason. Arizona coming off that loss last year in the NFC Championship, but they brought everybody back, and this was going to be the team. And they lose to Jimmy Garoppolo with field goals late, and they lose to the Patriots. It was sort of a a shifting of the attention in the National Football League because people were wondering, what would the Patriots do in the first four games without Tom Brady? Go to Arizona? What a tough way to start against a team that everybody thinks is going to the Super Bowl. Not only do they win, they survive and thrive 
in the first four games without Tom Brady. It was really a table setter for two teams. And that game sticks out to me for that reason, because Arizona never seemed to find their footing after that loss to New England. And New England got a huge shot of confidence, like, oh, yeah, okay, Tom Brady's out. We're still the New England Patriots. We still have Bill Belichick. We're still going to win games. To me, that game is memorable, not because of the dramatics at the end, although there were some, but because of the fact that it really changed the fortune and the story of two teams for the entire season. Well, I hope that your game this weekend is equally as exciting. I have a feeling it will be. Safe travels to you, and we'll be listening on Westwood One, Kevin. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks. That's a great visit right there. That gets us ready for the weekend, doesn't it? We'll take a break, and we'll wrap things up here on this Thursday in just a moment. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an encore free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is Friday, January 20th against the Brooklyn Nets. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. I have certainly enjoyed today's podcast, that's for sure. I hope you have two great conversations uh, from Mike Conti uh, over in Atlanta and Kevin Kugler from Westwood One Radio and uh, the coverage of the NFL this weekend of the divisional round of the playoffs. And so those four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, Obviously on television, but national radio as well. And uh, Kevin has a great uh, has a great one, I think, in the Lions and the Seahawks this weekend. I learned a lot. You know, he has seen all the teams uh, basically throughout the season and uh, just offered up a great conversation today. So thanks to them. All right, Pelicans and Hawks tonight at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, a new player, perhaps on the floor. Uh, we'll see if Do- Donatas Modiunas plays tonight. He practiced yesterday with the Pelicans and uh, was also on the floor for shoot-around this morning. Um, and we'll ask Alvin Gentry about his availability or um, not just maybe availability, but 
how he can fit into tonight's game later on tonight during the Alvin Gentry show, and I'll share those details with you here in just a moment. Uh, Moda Yunus did talk to the, uh, the uh, press yesterday and uh, touched on a couple of things. Primarily, at the start of the visit, he talked about the fact that he, you know, he hasn't played in eight months and uh, what that will be like for him in coming off of his uh, most recent back issues. I feel incredible, you know. Um, I was working by myself for the last five months, and it's, it's, it's really hard when you uh, have only a couple of people with you working out every day, and you have to push yourself because you know someone else is playing and getting back in shape by playing is much easier than working out by yourself. So, you know, I'm just happy to be back. Um, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to not take too long to uh, get back in a game shape, but I mean, I'm doing whatever I can do to, to be ready as soon as possible. You know, and I just touched upon the fact that, you know, he may play tonight, may be on the road trip, we'll see. And and getting him into game shape, I think, is going to be something that has to happen quickly. And uh, and certainly then also working him into a comfortable spot in Alvin Gentry's rotation. As far as Moda Yunus is concerned, well, frankly, he's not concerned. I'm available uh, whenever coach feels I'm available. You know, um, I'm here, I'm working out every day. I did practice yesterday, I did practice today, so... You know, uh, it's up to the coach and uh, up to the coaching staff, whenever they feel comfortable, that's when I'm going to play. The other thing uh, that I'm eager to see is how Moda Yunus plays alongside Anthony Davis. I, I don't think that Pelicans have had anybody like him here in the Anthony Davis era. So when they're on the floor together, how's that going to change AD's game? Like I said, I'm eager to see. Moda Yunus had some thoughts about playing alongside AD too. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, on a pick and pop, so I'm, I'm a creator. I can take the ball to the paint, force the defense collapse on me, and then just dish the ball to him. And you know, without a, a lot of uh, energy waste, he can he can get an easy bucket. So that's uh, that's gonna be my goal. Is, you know, I'm, I'm here to, to help this team. All right. So more on the Moto Unis uh, signing and uh, tonight's game of the Atlanta Hawks uh, on your radio tonight. We have the Alvin Gentry show. It is a Thursday, and once again, we have a. Thursday double dip for you, basically. So the Alvin Gentry Show moves up just a bit, 5.30 Central Time on 99.5 WRNO-FM. For those of you listening uh, in the New Orleans metro area, Daniel Salerson will host, and then he quickly slides over into another chair and begins Pelican's warm-up across the network uh, beginning at 6.30 p.m. with tip-off at 7 at the Smoothie King Center. Looking for a big crowd tonight. Um, this Hawks team is playing well. They've won four straight. They won last night in Orlando, as we talked about earlier with Mike Conti. So uh, I think this is a table setter for a pretty big road trip uh, for the Pelicans, which they'll leave on tomorrow. And so uh, we'll have a, a long visit with Coach Gentry tonight, and uh, Daniel's got a lot of other stuff planned too, uh, including I think he's going to touch upon maybe yesterday's visit with David Wesley a little bit during tonight's Alvin Gentry show, calls and comments perhaps. Uh, and John DeShazer uh, will also swing by before he uh, heads to the broadcast booth tonight as well. So good stuff tonight. Hope that you'll join us for a lot of Pelicans basketball uh, on the network and the flagship station WRNOFM. There is TV tonight as well. Joel Myers, David Wesley, Jen Hale have that on Fox Sports New Orleans and their usual programming uh, surrounding a uh, regular season game. So, again, thanks to Kevin Kugler today and Mike Conti both. Uh, tomorrow's Black and Blue Report will uh, recap uh, tonight's ball game and we'll also uh, get you ready for the weekend uh, and the uh, the girls tomorrow. Yes, Bree and Cassie will be hosting and will be visited, visiting with Jen Hale from 
uh, the NFL on Fox. Okay, that'll do it for us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody, and we'll see you next time here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.